I'd like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator for the session. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell. And the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia excuse me, would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe 
abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super and corporal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives of the class are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. 
Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we would like to have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. William Walker, followed by scripture, which will be Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, read by Dr. Amir Coleman from our Lansing branch. Oh, there you go. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, Dr. Walker. Thank you. Okay. Uh, just a moment of prayer and meditation to our almighty Elohim. Once again, we gather ourselves to learn more about your purpose, your pattern, and your plan. Please impart into the speakers the knowledge and the wisdom that we need to incorporate within ourselves and asking you to incorporate within us the wisdom and knowledge whereby the listeners may gain a greater understanding of how you are to be worshipped and adored in this age and dispensation. We ask these things in the name of you manifested in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah, let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening. I will be reading, reading out of the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, Revised by A.B. Trana, the Scripture Research Association, Incorporated. Reprinted by Yahshua Promotions. Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. The hand of Yahweh was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of Yahweh and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were many, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Yahweh, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophecy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of Yahweh. Thus saith Yah Yahweh unto, the, unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am Yahweh. So I prophesied 
as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophecy unto the wind, prophecy, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith Yahweh, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith Yahweh, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am Yahweh, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I am yet that I Yahweh have spoken it and preformed it, saith Yahweh. The word of Yahweh came again unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it. For Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for the house of Israel, his companions, and join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Will thou not show us what thou meanest by these? Say unto them, Thus saith Yah Yahweh, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his fellows, and will put them with him, even with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in mine hand. And the sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before their eyes. And say unto them, Thus saith Yah Yahweh, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into, into two kingdoms.
anymore at all. Neither shall they be shall they defile themselves anymore with their destable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them so they shall be my people and I will be their Elohim. And David, my servant, shall be king over them and they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them it shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, Yahweh, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. That was Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Walker, for the prayer and Dr. Coleman for the scripture. And we want to once again welcome everyone out to another lecture given by the Southfield, Michigan class. We acknowledge and welcome all our visiting brethren, and if we have any first time visitors, we also welcome you. And today is our green chart Thursday. But before um, we get with that, I wanna do a little bit of housekeeping. We ask everyone to keep your video cameras turned off and your microphones muted unless you're called on to speak or you are a reader. Our readers for tonight will be Dr. Amir Coleman from our Lansing branch and Dr. Paula Brown from our Saginaw branch. And so tonight we want to uh, go back into the, um, we have, we're, we're renaming it thanks to uh, Dr. Dorian Lewis who uh, pointed out that a lot of times what we're going through is not on the green chart, but the entire purpose of the green chart was to show how the entire creation is imaged by the creator, which is Yahweh Elohim. So some of the items that we go through won't be on the chart, but they also fall within this realm because practically everything does, but we are focusing on things of the science nature. So now we're calling it Science Thursday. So once again, I wanna thank Dr. Dr. Lewis for that. So now what we have been doing, we have been focusing on the booklet that was, as some of you know, that was authored by Dr. Lejeune Gill from our, um, the late Dr. Lejeune Gill, excuse me, from our Springfield, Ohio class. And she authored, uh, she was the um, author of the book called Science and Image of the Creator, The Rising Sun. And Dr. Lejeune Gill was a lover of all things science. She knew things that people in the medical field would never even dream 
um, to talk about because they didn't have what she had. And that was the ability to place this tabernacle pattern that we know about on um, all things science, including the human body. So last week we went through, um, we got through a couple sections and I'm sorry for scrolling so much you all, appreciate it. I'm on two screens. Last week we did uh, the brain compared to the Garden of Eden. And this week we're gonna kind of um, move it up and my, I don't know what's going on with my mouse but it's moving way faster than I can talk. This week, we're going to talk about the muscular system, which denotes power and attribute of Yahweh, and also the thoracic, thoracic cavity, which shows the uh, crucifixion of Yahshua, the Messiah. So the way we, we kind of uh, have this going is Dr. Dorian Lewis will read through the section, each page first, and then I will go back through and do my commentary on it. And as, as Yahweh leads me, we'll go from there. So uh, without further ado, we are going to start with section B. Dr. Lewis. All right. Section B, the muscular system denotes power, an attribute of Yahweh. Wait, hold on one second there. My mouse is just, okay, there we go. Okay. Muscular system. There are three types of muscles showing the supernal nature, skeletal, which is striated, smooth, and cardiac, which are non-striated. There are two methods of activity showing physical and spiritual, voluntary, which correlates to physical, and involuntary, which correlates to spiritual. Muscles draw together or contract. Fibers and tissue come together to form power and act as a mediator between nerve and bone or, or connective tissue, bringing action, power. Yahweh contract with his creation by his, excuse me, contract with creation by his son, intermediary prior. That sentence, I was, I, I was rereading that. I don't know if I'm mm -hmm. saying it right, but mm -hmm. Yahweh yeah. contract, go ahead. It's, it should be an S there. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yahweh contracts with creation by his son, intermediary power. Muscle action with bone is likened to a lever. A simple lever is a rigid rod, which is free to move about on some fixed point or support called a fulcrum, acted upon by or at two different points. Mm -hmm. One, resistance, weight, flesh, Satan, something to be overcome or balanced. Two, force, effort, the Messiah, which is exerted to overcome the resistance. Isn't it interesting to note that the third son of Jacob was named Levi, which means called or joined. He or his select household was chosen to represent the people or act as an intermediary priest between the people, Israelites, and Yahweh Elohim, bearing the burdens of the people. Then too, the Levites were divided into three classes. Upper, select priesthood, high and low. Middle, those who cared for the instruments, furnishings, cleaning, polishing, and lower, outer perimeter, removing of waste and doing work in the camp. Reflect, the muscular system portrays and names three types of performance carried on by the priests, Levi or levers. One, 
levator palpebrae superioris, two, levator scapula, and three, levator ani. Levator palpebrae superioris. Six muscles control the activity of the eye, but without a seventh muscle called the levator palpebrae superioris, which opens and closes the eyelid, sight will be of no avail. What? Can't you see the priest in the most holy place in the presence of the one as light flashes, symbolizing the forgiveness of sins, and he returns to give the good news? In other words, he goes in and out of the most holy place, bringing light and also lightening the burdens of Israel for that year. Levator scapula. Arising from the pre-muscle, excuse me, arising from pre-muscle tissue in the lower cervical region and extending upwards, migrating quite a distance to the scapula bone and shoulder girdle is the levator scapula muscle. As you can see, this muscle controlling activity around the scapula, clavicle, and shoulder would support indirectly, would support indirect activity with the arms and head region showing the high priest starting his duties in the court roundabout and migrating, working all the way to the most holy place. Levator Ani, Ani or Ani, located at, the, located at the rectum and also at the vagina of women is, a, is the muscle known as the Levator Ani, which aids in the expulsion of waste from the rectum. What about the priests, Levites, who removed the waste from the court roundabout and the gate of the tabernacle? Of course, you know by now who the real priest is. Yes, Yahshua bore our filth and sin. He labored all the way, carrying our burdens on his cross and pleased the Father by being obedient, causing the light to shine in our hearts that we may see and know for a reality by all the visible proofs and manifestations that Yahweh did not intend for us to be ignorant. We have undertaken to show by some basic functions and structure the relationship of the body to the metaphysical realm of the supernal nature of Yahweh. The supernal nature of Yahweh is threefold. The functioning of the muscular system exhibits this. One, production of heat, body. Our Yahweh is a consuming fire. Two, movement of body. Yahweh moved from pure spirit to a body only seen through visions and revelations. Three, maintenance of posture. Yahshua lived in the flesh 33 years, likened unto the 33 vertebrae supported by muscle. He lived upright through power of spirit, through power of spirit present in him. The characteristics of muscle differ in three ways. One, nerve control. Yahweh is control. Two, microscopic structure. Elohim in shape and form, seen in visions. Three, location. Yahweh moved from pure spirit into the concrete as Yahshua in a definite geographical location for a specific purpose. This leads us to ask then, what are the three basic characteristic, characteristical functions of muscle? One, irritability or conductivity. To respond to a stimulus or to transmit impulse, 
The father is stimulus or impulse, incomprehensible or invisible, or pure spirit in essence. Extensibility or elast elasticity, ability to be stretched and to resume an original length after, stre after stretching. Did not the father in pure spirit move into the incorporeal and then down to the corporeal concrete and go back as purposed? Contract, contractility, contract, contract, shorten, gather together. Did not Yahshua through the purpose and plan of Yahweh come down to gather all things in the heavenly creation and all things in earthly creation back into the body to be delivered to the father? In other words, spirit to form, excuse me, spirit to form to material, back to form, then to spirit. A, spirit equals pure spirit or Yahweh. B, form equals incorporeal shape and form, Yahweh Elohim. And C, material, physical or material, Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. So now what we're going to do, um, the way we'll do this, we're going to go back and dissect each section or each page. And um, just as mouse, I tell you, as Yahweh moves me to um, go through, he'll bring up um, what he wants me to point out. So once again, um, this is the muscular system which donates the power. So we know that Yahweh is made up of nine divine attributes. And actually, I want to get the 40 plate chart. Yahweh is made up of nine divine attributes. Those attributes, as Moses was having his vision, those attributes took on shape and took on form into the super incorporeal form of Yahweh Elohim. And Yahweh Elohim, one of his attributes is the attribute of power, which is uh, depicted here. But that is also, as you can see it, it's on the, if you're looking at this, this would be the right eye. This is the right eye. So that is an attribute of power is the muscular system that is on in our textbook in volume three. Power is an attribute of Yahweh. It is not, he doesn't possess power. He is power. And um, if uh, Dr. Coleman, um, I'll have you, I'll, actually, I'm going to have Dr. Brown start first and then Dr. Coleman, the next scripture will be yours. So Dr. Brown, can you pick up Matthew 25 and 34, please? Yes, that's Matthew 24 and which um, 25 and 34. 25 and 34. Yes, ma'am. Matthew 25 and 34. Mm -hmm. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, and here the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. So you can see this is Yahshua or this is the kingdom that's been prepared for you are the nine divine attributes within which, which make up Yahweh Elohim in this super incorporeal form. And one of those attributes of power is actually power and strength are sister attributes that are bound by foundation. Your foundation is the power and strength of Yahshua Messiah. That's that gives you the power and strength to endure the things of this world. So now what Dr. Lejeune Gill did, she, because we know power is, is um, equivalent to the muscular system, 
she has here the back side, and she talks about this uh, scapular levator muscle, which this isn't um, a very good depiction, but it, that muscle goes from right here in your neck to about right here, and it's on either side. And so what we're gonna do, we're gonna talk about this muscular system. So as Dr. Dorian Lewis read, there are three types of muscles showing the superior nature of Yahweh. So Dr. Lewis, I'm gonna have you read it, but what I'm gonna show is a, a slide to show what those uh, muscles look like. So as you read, I am going to grab that really quick and, and do a new share. Okay. And okay, Dr. Lewis, go ahead and read, please. All right, muscular system. Mm -hmm. There are three types of muscle showing mm -hmm. the supernal nature. Mm -hmm. One, skeletal, mm -hmm. striated. So Two, striated. So mm -hmm. skeletal muscle is striated. And what that means is it has stripes. Go ahead. Two, smooth, non-striated. Mm -hmm. Non-striated muscle. Mm -hmm. And three, cardiac. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's cardiac. So Okay, and then uh, keep going, Dr. Um, well, actually, I want you to stop there. So as you see these types of muscle that are in the human body, you have cardiac muscle, which is strange because cardiac muscle is, is non-striated, skeletal muscle is striated, and smooth muscle is just that, it's very smooth. You'll find smooth muscle in your intestines, in your liver, and in your stomach you'll find the skeletal muscle is just that the muscles that attach to your skeleton or to your bones, those are striated and they have to be because when you um, just think of if you're working out, what you're actually doing when you're working out, you're actually tearing muscle. And then what your body does is it builds back those fibers to make your muscles stronger. Right. So that, that act of resistance actually tears this muscle. That's why it's striated but it builds it back and makes it stronger. And just think about what that means. We here in this flesh, we go through trials and tribulations. Um, Dr. Doctor, uh, which, I'm sorry, which um, screen are you seeing? Oh, we see you at PowerPoint. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay, thank you, Dr. Lewis. He, he keeps me on point. I'm telling you, I don't know what I would do without him. Um, okay, so your skeletal muscle, remember it's striated and it's actually, um, it actually rips and tears as you work out and then it builds back and gets stronger. That's why you'll see guys that, you know, when they first work out, they look all puny, but when they, as they go on and progress, their muscles get larger and larger because that muscle is being built, it's preparing itself. And as it's doing that, it's getting larger. And then you have cardiac muscle, which is non-striated, but it's actually, your cardiac muscle is very, I'm trying to think of a word, is unique. It's non-striated, but it can take, um, oh, I am just a loss for words. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do this because Yahweh's just telling me to slow down. We've been going a little bit too fast. So that was the types of muscle. Now we're gonna talk about the actions of the muscle. So Dr. Lewis, if you can go ahead and read that next section. Okay. There are two methods of activity showing mm -hmm. physical and spiritual. Mm-hmm. One, voluntary, physical. Mm -hmm. Two, involuntary, spiritual. Mm -hmm. Muscles draw together or contract. Mm -hmm. Fibers and tissue come together to form power and act as a mediator between nerve and bone mm -hmm. or connective tissue, bringing action, power. Okay, so you see here, you see the muscle 
here, it's relaxed and then it contracts and you'll see the muscle is attached to the bone by ligaments. But these muscles, they are voluntary. You don't, you can tell your arm to move and it will move. You can tell your legs to walk and they will walk. So these are voluntary muscles versus involuntary muscles like those in your stomach, your liver, your gallbladder, your large and small intestines. You don't tell your stomach, hey, can you go ahead and push that food through to the bolus so it can get to the small intestines? You don't have to do that. You don't have to tell your gallbladder to release bile to process that food or to break it down. It just does it. And we know Yahshua the Messiah, the liver is the largest organ in the body. We know that represents Yahshua the Messiah. You don't have to tell your liver to purify your blood. It just does it. These are involuntary muscles. Mm -hmm. so we know that that, and as, as Dr. Gill said in her pamphlet, that represents Yahshua the Messiah. He does those things for us. So when we think about voluntary muscle, those are moved at will, right? They're also called skeletal muscles. They attach to the bone. And here's what I think is very interesting. They fatigue very easily and they need rest. So think once again, if you're working out at the gym, you can't just constantly lift a weight and put it down. Like you can't do that forever. Like your heart just beats pretty much until you leave this earth or until Yahweh decides it's time for you to go. It does not rest. It's not easily fatigued like your voluntary muscles are. They're long and cylinder and they're regulated by the subatomic nervous system. And we'll get into that hopefully a little later. Now you talk about your, I'm sorry, your involuntary muscles. And those are ones that are not controlled at will, cannot be moved at will. They're also called smooth muscle. They, they are on parts, they're on or in parts of your organ. And guess what? <clears throat> those muscles do not fatigue easily and they can work continuously without needing rest. They're small and usually spindle-shaped and they're regulated by the autotomic nervous system, which means it's a nervous system that you don't once again control. Like you tell your eyes to blink, these muscles, this, these muscles don't require that. They are done without your conscious thought, which is what we know that represents Yahweh Elohim, excuse me, and Yahshua the Messiah. So now we're gonna look at a few of the functions, right? The muscles do. They help us to move and maintain our posture. Who helps to keep us upright? That's Yahshua the Messiah. They create heat. You often under you often hear men say, you know, I, I lost so much weight even though I ate all these calories. That's because men tend to have more muscle than women, and muscle or muscles they uh, burn fat faster and they burn energy faster than fat does. Women have more fat because we are meant to provide life or to sustain life for a child. Men are made up of more muscles. So they, the, that muscle creates heat and it burns more energy. What muscle also does, it regulates the organs as we see in the stomach and small intestine. It moves substances, substances around in the body like blood from the heart and food through the digestive system. So muscle has two different, two different methods. They're voluntary and involuntary. And then they have three types, skeletal, smooth, and cardiac. All that points to the unity of the spirit of Yahshua the Messiah, as he read. So now we're going to look at that cardiac muscle. Now, Dr. Dorian Lewis, 
Um, if you can find in that pamphlet where it talks about the cardiac muscle while we're looking at this slide, and I think it's on page, let's see. Um, uh, I don't think it talks about it there. Yeah, I don't think she has it, but what the interesting thing about the cardiac muscle, when you look at it, and let me make this a little smaller so you can see the entire thing. Cardiac muscle, of course, as is stated, is only in the heart. It's in the heart and it's in the very tip of the blood vessels that come out of the heart. They don't fatigue. Your muscle, your cardiac muscle, your heart muscles don't get tired. They do their job tirelessly and endlessly without complaining. They are controlled by the central nervous system and the pacemaker cells. So your cardiac muscles definitely represents Yahshua the Messiah. But the interesting thing about the cardiac muscle is that they're striated, but they don't fatigue very easily. Now we know that Yahshua Messiah, he was bruised for our transgressions. He was beaten, all those stripes that he took but he still kept doing what he needed to do. He didn't tire. That is why the heart represents Joshua. Those muscles don't get tired. They keep going. They do their job day in and day out. Joshua mm. did his job from the time he entered at lightning speed, as I often heard it was Dr. Kenley said, he was just fulfilling 4,000 years of history in 33 and a half years. That doesn't sound like a muscle that gets tired. That doesn't sound like a muscle that is an, under voluntary control. He was under the control of the father, Yahweh. He was doing exactly what the father told him to do. Without error, without complaint, he just kept going, just like your heart does. Even when we misuse our heart, some people may have an enlarged heart, you know, due to high blood pressure or various other medical issues but that heart still wants to keep beating. It really does. It doesn't want to stop. It may become laborious, but it continues. How so much does that point to Yahshua the Messiah? When he was talking to Yahweh and one of the readers, if you could find it, uh, Dr. Coleman, if you can find it where Yahshua was about to be offered up. And he said, if it be so, let this cup pass from me. And the Christian world wants to take that and you know say, oh, he was just, See, he was, he was scared to go to the cross. He just, he just really didn't want to do it. He was, no, that's not what he was doing. He was fulfilling the law and the prophets, which is what his job, that is what he came in to do, was to fulfill the law and the prophets. So Dr. Coleman, do you have that? Or Dr. Phillips? Yes, Matthew 20. Mm -hmm. yeah, yes, Matthew 26. Mm -hmm. And I will... 39. Yep, pick it up at the train of thought, use your judgment. All righty. Mm -hmm. I will start um, at 37. Okay. Okay, uh, 36 actually. Then mm -hmm. cometh Yahshua with them unto the place called Get Gethsemane. Gethsemane, mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while mm -hmm. I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went, and he went a little further and fell on his face and mm -hmm. prayed, saying, O father, 
if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Coleman. I'm going to have you go back and start that over because there was something very beautiful in there that speaks to the function of the heart and that the heart is under the involuntary control. So start that over for me one more time. Matthew 26 and 35. Mm -hmm. Then cometh Yahshua with them unto the place called Gethsemane mm -hmm. and saith unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Okay, pause. So it says Yahshua was sorrowful and very heavy. That's what your heart, when you misuse your heart or you don't take care of your heart or your health, your heart becomes enlarged and it becomes laborious. But guess what? It keeps going. It keeps going until it's at the point where it can't go anymore. Think about when someone has an enlarged heart, their heart has gotten bigger. And a lot of times the doctor will want to measure what's called your resting heart rate. That's how, how many beats your heart beats per minute while you're not doing any exercise or doing any strenuous activity. The lower that rate is, the better condition your heart is. Now, of course, it can't go too low. But the lower that number is, the better condition of your heart. If your resting heart rate is too high, there is a problem. See, Yahshua, what he was doing, and I need you to read that one more time for me, Dr. Coleman. Start that over one more time. Yes. 20, um, 26 and mm -hmm. 36. Mm -hmm. Then cometh Yahshua with them unto the place called Gethsemane, mm -hmm. and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. Mm -hmm. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Pause right and, there. So we know that when I'm going to um, share a new screen, let me share really quick. So we know that what's going to happen is that uh, you have Yahshua, Peter, and uh, the two. I, I think this is right. And let me know this is a school and not a church. So any member on here, if I'm saying anything incorrectly, please let me know. Just either chat it or shout it out. But what, um, what he's reading here are, is the uh, Yahshua going up and eventually it's gonna be the um, event of him on the Mount of Transfig Transconfiguration. If that's, I'm pretty sure that's correct, but if it's not, please let me know. So continue to read Dr. Coleman. 37, and mm -hmm. he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee mm -hmm. and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Mm -hmm. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, mm -hmm. even unto death. Mm -hmm. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Mm -hmm. So as your heart is working, as it's getting larger, it's still trying to do what it is supposed to do. It's still trying to get that deoxygenated blood in and pump out that oxygenated blood. It's, it's trying, it's trying, no matter how much the weight is on this organ, it's trying, it's doing its best to provide and continue providing life to you. 
how so much more that Yahshua Messiah, with all the burdens that were placed on him, he continued to do the will of the Father. This was so unique and beautiful about that cardiac muscle. Now we're going to move to the skeletal muscle. And here, once again, the skeletal muscle, it is striated or it's striped. These are muscles that are attached directly to bone via your ligaments. So those little white things you see, those are ligaments. Those are attached to the muscle, which are directly attached to the bone. Once again, they fatigue more easily. How interesting it is that these are voluntary muscles or muscles that are under our control, they fatigue. That means when we try to do the things that Yahshua has come in to do, and I think I'm sharing the wrong screen, that means these, the skeletal muscles are under voluntary control and they fatigue easily. That means when we try to do the things that Yahshua the Messiah has done, he is the one that should be doing the things that we so-called the Christian world is trying to tell us that we should still be doing those carnal ordinances. That's why those voluntary muscles fatigue because we shouldn't be doing those things. Those are left up to Yahshua. Yahshua did those things and he fulfilled those things. So what we what those voluntary muscles represent are the cardinal, carnal things of the world that we should no longer be trying to do. Those cardinal ordinances, circumcision, ceremonies, baptism, Passover, all those things we should no longer be trying to do. How do you know? Because when you do them as the, these muscles, you fatigue, you get tired, you, you just... I just don't want to do it anymore. I can't lift this much weight. That's because you shouldn't be lifting it anyway. That's what Yahshua came in and fulfilled. That's what's represented by those voluntary muscles fatiguing more easily. And thank you so much, everyone, for telling me you were seeing the wrong chart. I so appreciate you all, I do. So now we're moving into what we call smooth muscles. Now, remember, smooth muscles, they don't have those striates, those stripes on them. And they are also under involuntary control. We don't control these muscles. Isn't it also interesting that these muscles are also vital to our existence? Remember, voluntary muscles like those in your arms and your legs that you can tell to move, those are not vital to your existence because you can live without your arms and legs and those muscles therein. But you cannot live without these involuntary muscles because they are, they represent your very life. They have to keep going to keep you going. So they, they fatigue, but these fatigue slowly. Once again, just like that heart, your lungs, they have been breathing in and out since you took that first breath of life. They are constant in their breath. You know, anyone that has asthma or has ever had trouble breathing or anyone that's had you know, a little bit more severe symptoms of COVID, how vital that is to be able to take in that breath of life. These lungs operate without you having to tell them to. Why? Because Yahshua the Messiah is our very breath of life. Yahweh gave, uh, not gave, Yahweh stepped into Adam and breathed unto him the breath of life. And Dr. Lewis, if you could find that in, um, in the, the, the book that we're reading, the pamphlet that we're reading, Dr. Lejeune Gill talks about that. It says, uh, it gave breath. It didn't say breathed into, it said breath. I hope you can find that one. Okay, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for that, thank you. So these muscles, the smooth muscles, they're found in the lungs, the stomach, the esophagus, and the intestine. These muscles, 
are not striated because they are not under voluntary control. control. We don't have to do anything to keep these muscles going. They just operate without error, just like Yahshua the Messiah from the beginning of time as Yahweh Elohim. When Yahweh stepped into an incorporeal shape and form, Yahweh Elohim has been going ever since through Yahshua the Messiah first, then he took off the flesh. Yahshua the Messiah took off the flesh, poured his spirit out into the sons, and now him in us, he is doing the work. That's why he or him in us fatigues very slowly. We're all, we all talk about how tired we are and how frustrated we get, but somehow we keep going. Why is that? It's Yahshua the Messiah in us that keeps going. He's that smooth muscle that fatigues very slowly, not us. Did you find that, Dr. Lewis? I did not, and I can't search for it because this is an image, not a PDF. Oh, yeah, it's not a PDF. Okay, so I think it's more towards, because I remember you reading it. Let's see. We can find it really quick, and I'm going to do a new share so we can all see what I'm looking at. Okay. So in here, she talks about... Um, um, breath and not uh, breathing into. And I thought that was very pretty. And it's something, once again, that the world doesn't know, that only the sons know. And it's only through this divine vision and revelation that Yahweh gave us through Dr. Kinley. Uh, maybe a little bit further in. Yeah, I don't see it either, Dr. Lewis. But you know what? Keep looking. And if you find it, we'll go back to it. Okay, okay. so I'm going to go back to the PowerPoint. And we talked, so we talked about the three types of muscle. We also talked about voluntary and involuntary muscle. And I just wanted to show, and Yahweh brought this and brought this to my remembrance from being in anatomy and physiology class. This is the makeup of a muscle fiber. So when you look at, when you go down to the microscopic level of a muscle fiber, it's called myofibril. And these, all of these little individual little rod-like things, and as you can see, there is even more rods within it, make up the one muscle. And I thought about how us, along with the angels in heaven that weren't cast out, we make up the body of Yahshua the Messiah. We often talk about, you'll hear people say, you know, if I could just be a, a toenail or, you know, an arm, there are so many more parts that make up that body. And that's why it's beautiful. And that's why you never reject or never don't think that Yahweh hasn't given you a gift. All of us have gifts, even if it's one, if it's one of those gifts that you can't see. All of us make up the body of Yahshua the Messiah. The human body is very intricate. And if the human body is just a, a, a physical representation of the body of Yahshua the Messiah or the bride and body of Yahshua the Messiah, then understand that you do have a role in this gospel. You do have a role to play. You may not be aware of it yet, like these involuntary muscles that you have that you're not aware of, but you do play a role. So don't think you don't. And so now the other thing that uh, Dr. Lejeune Gill talked about was the muscles in the eye and the one that uh, the levator palporia suprius muscle that actually opens the eye. So if you could find that section for me, Dr. Lewis, that would be great. Okay, I'm going back bigger. up now. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, are you ready? Yes. All right. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. 
Ah, right here we are. Mm -hmm. uh, Levator palpebrae superioris. Mm -hmm. Six muscles control the activity of the eye, but without mm -hmm. a seventh muscle called the levator palpebrae superioris, which opens and closes the eyelid, sight will be of no avail. So pause right there. So now if you think about what he just said, six muscles, and we know that six represents the flesh. How interesting it is that the number six represents the flesh, and it's also the number of muscles that are needed to see physically. But what was it again, Dr. Lewis? But without a seventh muscle called the levator palpebrae superioris, which opens and closes the eye, sight would be of no avail. So without that seventh muscle or without the Holy Spirit to allow you to see spiritual things, your eyes will always be closed to the spirit. They will be open to the flesh, but they will be closed to the spirit. Mm. Everything in the universe goes by this pattern. If Yahweh, Yahweh will allow you to see it, pun intended, then you will see that this thing is beautiful. So you have six muscles that control the eye going up and down, controls your eye going you know, from side to side, but it's that seventh muscle that causes that eyelid to open or close for you to see. Our seventh muscle is Yahshua Messiah. He is the one that allows us to see those things that are in the spirit. We see past all this physical stuff. We have what we can say is an extra sensory perception. Yahweh allows us to see spiritual things. It's the reverse of what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden, right? They were in the spirit and then they got that taken away. That sight was taken from them. They then only saw carnal things. Yahshua Messiah came in and restored our sight or allowed this muscle to be reinstated or, or uh, reactivated so that we can see in the spirit. It's just, it's a very, very, very beautiful thing. So now I'm going to uh, go back. And before I go back, I wanted to um, ask if there are any questions or if anyone has a, um, a correction on anything I said. Could you point out the seven muscles one more time? Yes, let me go back to, oh, where's my, oh, here it is, okay. All right, so let's go back to um, where Dr. Lewis was reading, Dr. Myers, I'll get that really quick. I think I'm gonna turn this into a PDF uh, document so we can, okay, here we go. Okay, she didn't go, she didn't say what the seven were, but I can show you. Did you want me to go back to the PowerPoint so you can see them? Were you pointing them out on the PowerPoint? I was only pointing out the seventh one. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I'll send this PowerPoint. So because the seven muscles, I believe, are there, but I just want to make sure before I kind of point them out. Okay, so that, so Dr. Lewis just finished reading this section. So now we're going to go to, and I don't have a uh, picture of the next two muscles that she's going to talk about, but I want Dr. Lewis to read this one more time for me. Okay, I'll just start with the palpebrae superioris. Okay. All right, levator palpebrae superioris. Mm -hmm. six, mus six muscles control the activity of the eye, but without a seventh muscle called the levator palpebrae superioris, 
which opens and closes the eyelid, sight will be of no avail. Mm -hmm. What? Can't you see the priest in the most holy place in the presence of the one as the light flashes, symbolizing forgiveness of sins as, as excuse me, symbolizing the forgiveness of sins and he returns to give the good news? In other words, he goes in and out of the most holy place, bringing light and also lightening the burdens of Israel for that year. Mm -hmm. Levator scapula. Okay, hold on one second, Dr. Lewis. I'm going to bring that one up. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Mm -hmm. Arising from pre-muscle tissue in the lower cervical region and extending upwards, migrating quite a distance to the scapula bone and shoulder girdle is the levator scapula muscle. Mm -hmm. As you can see this, as you can see this muscle controlling activity around the scapula, clavicle, and shoulder would support indirect activity with the arms and head region. Okay, pause right there, Dr. Lewis. So this muscle here, this is your scapula. It was talking about your scapula and your clavicle. So this is a, we call it your, your shoulder bone and then that back um, kind of plate-like bone in your back. This muscle controls when that shoulders go up and down and when that clavicle goes up and down. So start that one more time for me, Dr. Lewis. Okay, the levator scapula. Mm -hmm. rising from pre-muscle tissue in the lower cervical region mm -hmm. and extending upwards, migrating quite a distance to the scapula bone and shoulder girdle is the levator scapula muscle. Mm -hmm. As you can see, this muscle controlling activity around the scapula, clavicle, and shoulder would support indirect activity with the arms and head region, mm -hmm. showing, showing the high priest starting his duties in the court roundabout and migrating, working all the way to the most holy place. Now, can you see that? Um, I, now, we, we've, most of us have been in this class long enough, so I'm not going to bring up the tabernacle uh, chart slide, but I want you to picture what he just said. Start that over, Dr. Lewis. So he's talking about the high priest in the court roundabout, mm -hmm. then in the most holy place, then in the holy place. So start that one more time for me. And Start where it talks about the high priest. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. As you can see, this muscle controlling activity around the scapula, clavicle, and shoulder will support indirect activity with the arms and head region, mm -hmm. showing the high priest starting his duties in the court roundabout. Right here, and this would be your court roundabout. Because remember, even, you know how we always look at the body tabernacle and we say you know the head region chest region abdominal region those represent the most holy place holy place of court roundabout but mm -hmm. even within each of those regions you have a most holy place a holy place and a court roundabout so mm -hmm. here you're going from your chest region or your thoracic region up into your head region so here he talked about the high priest starting here in the court roundabout go ahead all right uh let's see showing the high priest starting his duties in the court roundabout mm -hmm. and migrating, working all the way to the most holy place. All the way. And so it stops right here at your first cervical vertebrae. So it goes from, from that first cervical vertebrae from C4, I'm sorry, C1, C2, C3, C4. Then it drops all the way down to control the scapula, the clavicle, and your shoulder bone. It's mimicking the high priest, the duties of the high priest in the most in the tabernacle pattern 
which is Yahshua the Messiah in you, your high priest in your physical body. Okay, now um, if we can go to, I think the next one, and I'm just gonna type this in, I'm gonna leave this here so we all can see. So the next uh, section, go ahead and start reading that, Dr. Lewis. All right, that's the Levator Annie or Ani. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Located at the rectum and also at the vagina of women is the mm -hmm. muscle called the Levator Annie. Mm -hmm. which aids in the expulsion of waste from the rectum. Mm -hmm. So can't you see that, right? Go ahead. What about the priests, Levites, who removed the waste from the court roundabout and the mm -hmm. gate of the tabernacle? Mm -hmm. Of course, you know by now who the real priest is. Mm -hmm. Yes, Yahshua bore our filth and sin. Mm -hmm. He labored all the way, carrying our burdens on his cross. Now, sometimes, don't you, I'm sorry, let's pause for a second. Sometimes, isn't it laborious, and we're all adults here, isn't it laborious to have a bowel movement? Why is that? Because you're, you're in the court roundabout where all the labor took place. When a woman has that child, and that's why the woman's hips are always larger than the man's, because her hips have to expand and make room for that child. That's laborious. That's why they call it labor. So things that are happening in this part, your abdominal region, when it comes to going from the inside out, it's laborious or it's a lot of work. But once again, as he was saying, Yahshua is the one that bore all that labor. So start that over for me one more time, Dr. Lewis. Okay. Of course, you know by now who the real priest is. Mm -hmm. Yes, Yahshua bore our filth and sin. Mm -hmm. He labored all the way, carrying our burdens on his cross and pleased the father by being obedient causing the light to shine in our hearts that we may see and know for a reality by all the visible proofs and manifestations that Yahweh did not intend for us to be ignorant. Now, isn't that pretty? Because when we think about Yahshua, he was the one that labored. He was the one that carried our burdens. And what did he do? Just as we do in this part of our bodies, we get rid of all that waste. We get rid of all those burdens. We only keep those things that are necessary for life. Yahshua the Messiah told us, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That is what's necessary for our physical life or not, I'm sorry, our spiritual life. We no longer need to do those carnal things. So Yahshua got rid of that waste. He removed it all from us. And that's why it talks about this portion of it being in the court roundabout and that, um, that altar of sin sacrifice and that brazen labor washing, which is this represents that waste being exited from there and all that filth just being emptied out. Yahshua got rid of all that filth that Yahweh had no pleasure in. And I need one of the scripture readers to pick that up. Yahweh said, I had no pleasure in those things. He never intended for us to keep those things and to keep them going. They were all filthy to him. They were disgusting. That's why you get rid of that waste that your body does not need. It's a terrible thing. Yahshua doesn't want you to hold on to those things. He wanted you, as a good parent does, to be free from that stuff, to be free from the burdens of the flesh. So he doesn't want us focusing on those cardinal ordinances. Did you happen to pick that up? And um, I'm going to also need the scriptures that um, are showing in the uh, pamphlet, and I'm going to go back to it. I believe that's um, Isaiah, the first chapter. Okay. <sighs> See what's going on here. Um, mm -hmm. 
And then Dr. Uh, Coleman, while she's looking that up, can you get this next scripture? Okay, go ahead, Dr. Yes. Brown. Uh, uh, if anybody can find it, please let me know. I think I know what it is. Uh, Try Ezekiel no 33 and 11. Try that one. Say unto them, as I live, saith Yahweh, Elohim, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn away, turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Mm -hmm. Okay, here it goes. Excuse me. Thank you for that, um, Dr. Coleman. Um, that's Isaiah 1 and 11. I believe this may be it. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, mm -hmm. saith Yahweh? Mm -hmm. I am full of burnt offerings of rams and of fat of, fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. Mm -hmm. And ye come to appear before me who have required this at your hand to tread my course. Mm -hmm. So think about what she So I need you to start that over for me, Dr. Dr. Brown. And it's so pretty because that what Yahweh made me think of just at that moment is, you know, just think about a big meal that, you know, you've cooked or, you know, a Thanksgiving meal where it's just, you know, food galore and you, you just gorge yourself. You're just eating and eating and eating. Eventually, what your body does not need anymore, it's going to get rid of. So as good as that food was, it cannot stay in your body. As, as good as those people thought they were or people today think they are in keeping these commandments, they cannot stay. All they're doing is causing you harm. So if that food that we consume were to stay in our bodies, we would cease to exist. It, we only keep and recirculate those things that are beneficial to us. Therefore, the things that Yahshua brought to an end on the cross, the only thing we kept was the one thing that was beneficial to us, and that was his Holy Spirit. Everything else is waste. It had to go. So start that over one more time for me, Dr. Brown. Okay, I'm starting uh, Isaiah 1 and 10. Mm -hmm. Hear the word of Yahweh, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our Elohim, ye people of Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, save Yahweh? Mm -hmm. I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and mm -hmm. I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. Mm -hmm. When you come to appear before me, who have required this at your hand to tread my courts, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me, the new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies. I cannot away with, it is iniquity, even the solemn meetings. Mm -hmm. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. Mm -hmm. So the, once again, we have to get rid of that waste. Those things, those carnal things have to go. And uh, Dr. Meyer pointed out Psalms 51, 16 through 17. So uh, Dr. Brown, if you could pick that up really quick and then I'll have Dr. Coleman read Hebrews. Thank you, Dr. Myers. 
say that um, Psalms 51, 16 through 17. Psalms 51? 51, yes. 16 through 17. Yes, ma'am. For those desirous, not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in birth offerings. Mm -hmm. The sacrifices of Elohim are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O Elohim, thy will not despise. Mm -hmm. So Yahshua had Yahweh had no pleasure in those things from the very beginning, but he had to let us, as uh, for lack of a better way to say it, fall on our faces to realize that we needed a savior, that we could not keep those things. So once Yahshua the Messiah came in and fulfilled all those cardinal ordinances, he kept all those laws, but he also moved them out of the way. Now all we have to feast on or to eat are those things that are beneficial to us. What are those things? Learning of Yahweh, taking Yahshua's yoke upon him and learning of him, learning how he came in and fulfilled the law and the prophets, learning how he was back there in the law and the prophets. Those are the things, those essential nutrients that are beneficial to this body now, not the physical things, but those spiritual things, learning that Yahshua Messiah was the rock that not only led them, but got behind them to protect them. Yahshua the Messiah is the one that is our uh, intercessor. He is the one that protects us. Those are the essential nutrients. Those are the only things we should be partaking of now to feed our sin-sick souls, which once again, Yahshua came in and abolished that sin, but only if you believe that he did. See, we are no longer in our sins because we know that Yahshua Messiah fulfilled those things. So now we're gonna, um, we're gonna pick this next section up and Dr. Lewis, I think you stopped right here. And then um, Dr. Coleman, when we get here, we'll have you read this scripture. So go ahead, Dr. Lewis. Okay, let me get back up there. I was looking for that other uh, mm -hmm. thing you asked for. All right. All right, here we go. Uh, the supernal nature of Yahweh is threefold. The function. Start of, back up there. You, oh, you got to pick oh, this sorry. up. Yeah. That's okay. We have undertaken to show by some basic functions and structure the relationship of the body to the metaphysical realm and of the supernal nature of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. The supernal nature of Yahweh is threefold. The functioning of the muscular system exhibits this. Mm -hmm. One, production of heat, body. Our Yahweh is a consuming fire. Mm -hmm. Two, movement of body. Yahweh moved from pure spirit to a body only seen through visions and revelations. Mm -hmm. Three, maintenance of posture. Yahshua lived in the flesh 33 years, likened unto the 33 vertebrae, vertebrae supported by muscle. He lived upright through power of spirit present in him. Okay, so Dr. Coleman, if you could pick up this scripture. Bruce 12 and 9. 29. Mm -hmm. For our Elohim is a consuming fire. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's so interesting that it, and I, I, I would have never been able to correlate these physical things with spiritual things had it not been for this prophetic vision that was given to Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley. 
that Yahweh allowed us to be partakers of. I would have never correlated to production of heat from the muscle as Yahweh being a consuming fire. And those of you that know, if you've ever been in a uh, race in a marathon or, or maybe kind of jogged outside when it's really cold, you start off, you are so cold, but by the time you finish running, your body is on fire to the point where, where you want to shed those clothes. You'll often see people running in the winter and to you, they have on very minimum clothes and you're like, that's crazy. I know they're cold. No, they're not. Their muscles are producing that heat that provides for them while they're running. That is Yahweh. He is a consuming fire. He produces and provides the heat that we need to keep warm in these troubled and trying times. Yahshua is that heat. He is the muscle that we need to keep going. So then he goes to the movement of the body. Yahweh moved from pure spirit to a body only seen through visions and revelations. That's Yahweh Elohim in super incorporeal form. And we're not going to read the entire um, uh, book of Exodus 24th chapter and Revelations first chapter, but we know that, that Yahweh took on shape and form as Yahweh Elohim. That is movement, that is pertaining to movement. So when Yahweh went from pure spirit and came down into a lesser form, which is superincorporeal, that represents movement. That's what our muscles do. I'm moving my hands right now. That is movement. Yahweh Elohim, he was the one that did all that. He created everything, but Yahweh had to come down. And it's not, Yahweh had to show me this. It's not a coming down like we think. Like if I'm, you know, on the second story of my house and I go down to the, to the uh, uh, first story, it's a lesser state. That's what we mean when we mean coming down. It's a lesser state of existence. Anything outside of Yahweh and pure spirit is a lesser state. Even though it's still Yahweh himself, it's still a lesser state because pure spirit is the highest state of existence that there is. So that is your movement. Then we go to the maintenance of posture. Those muscles, they help to maintain your posture, your, your uprightness, your muscle, along with your bony structure, help you to maintain your posture. Who is that? Who is that that helps us to maintain and to keep going in these crazy times that we're in, in the face of all this crap that we got to deal with? What, what allows us to do that? It's Yahshua the Messiah or that, that muscle connected to that bone, that connection allows us to maintain and be strong in this gospel and to stand. We say that all the time. You stand in the holy place. You're not laying down, you're standing. But what allows us to do that is Yahshua Messiah in us. That's why he had to take off the flesh. If he had not, he would not be able to be in us. But now that he's in us, he makes up those 33 vertebrae that it talks about in your back that make up that keep you upright, that keep you standing, that keep you strong in this gospel. It's Yahshua the Messiah that does that. So those three states that she was talking about, those are what we know to be Yahweh, Elo, Yahweh in pure spirit state, Yahweh Elohim in, in the super incorporeal state, and Yahshua the Messiah that came into the flesh to, to, um, to take away the sins of the world. Those three states those, I'm sorry, those two states, but those three, man, I'm saying it, I'm, I got to slow down, I'm sorry. 
those three represent the unity of the spirit, not the trinity of the spirit. It's unity. It is one. This is what was given to us and proven to us through this divine vision and revelation. So now we're going to have Dr. Lewis read the, this next section, please. All right. The character, the characteristics of muscle differ in three ways. And pause right there for one second. Dr. Um, Brown, can you pick up Hebrews 10, 5 through 8? Thank you, Dr. April Lewis. Can you pick that up and read it really quick? Because I'm interested to see what that says. Okay, we had Hebrews 10, 5 mm -hmm. through 8. Yes, ma'am. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifices and offering thy mm -hmm. what is but a body hast thou prepared me. And first offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then say I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O Yahweh. Mm -hmm. That's Above. exactly what I was looking for. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Thank you so much, Dr. April Lewis. He said he had no pleasure in those sacrifices and offerings. Why? Because they were filthiness unto him because it would try to point, it would make people think that there was something they could do for righteousness sake when there's nothing we can do. And that's what that did. It pointed out that there was absolutely nothing. I don't care what your status was, your station was, what your title was, you cannot keep those laws if you tried. Only one could do that. And that's why Yahweh had no pleasure in those things. So thank you so much, Dr. April Lewis. So go ahead and read Dorian, please. The characteristics of muscle differ in three ways. Mm -hmm. One, nerve control. Yahweh is control. Mm -hmm. Two, microscopic structure. Elohim in shape and form, seen in visions. Three, location. Yahweh moved from pure spirit into the concrete as Yahshua in a definite geographical location for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. So what he just read, and I'll have him go through it again, but this is what he just read. So he talked about those three, let me move this over here so I can see it. The three characteristics of muscle is nerve control. So when you think about those involuntary muscles, those are under control. Those are under nervous, I'm sorry. Those are under nervous control. Those are involuntary involuntarily controlled. They are controlled not by us, but by the will of the spirit. So that's nerve control. She said that is Yahweh is control. Then it talked about microscopic structure. Remember when I showed you this diagram here, these are microscopic. You can't see these with your naked eye. Even if you pulled this muscle out of a physical body, you wouldn't be able to see these microfilibrin. I remember I, I worked at um, the Wayne County Morgue when I was in high school as a histology major. And I actually got to see autopsies. Now, even if I saw the muscle, I couldn't see this microfilibrin. I would have to take a sample of it, put it under a microscope, and then view it. So Yahshua, it says there in the, in the pamphlet, microscopic structure, Elohim in shape and form, seen only in visions. You are only able to see this structure if you put it under a microscope. So that's, quote unquote, extra vision. Then it was location. Remember, we talked about these the, the skeletal muscle or the muscles that are under voluntary control, those are their certain locations. They are, they are always attached to bone via a ligament. And in the pamphlet, it says Yahweh moved from pure spirit into the concrete as Yahshua. 
in a definite geographical location. These muscles are located in certain locations. So even within your body, you're talking about the characteristics of muscle. You're actually talking about Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, and Yahshua the Messiah. So, okay, Dr. Lewis, go ahead and, and continue reading, please, where you left off, I think right here. This leads us to ask then, what are the three basic characteristical functions of muscles? Mm -hmm. One, irritability or conductivity. Mm -hmm. To respond to a stimulus or to transmit impulse, the father is stimulus or impulse, incomprehensible or invisible, or pure spirit in essence. Mm -hmm. Extensibility or elasticity. Ability to be stretched and to resume an original length after stretching. Did not the father in pure spirit move into the incorporeal and then down to the corporeal concrete and go back as purposed? Mm -hmm. Contractility. Mm -hmm. Contract, shorten, gather together. Did not Yahshua, through the purpose and plan of Yahweh, come down to gather all things in the heavenly, in the heavenly creation and all things in earthly creation back into the body to be delivered unto the Father? In other words, spirit to form to material, back to form, then to spirit. Okay, pause right there, Dr. Lewis. So going back to the first one, this leads us to ask then, what are the three basic characteristical functions of muscle? irritability or conductivity. And I'm not, I, I'm just using these examples to give you, using these to give you an example. I had a, what's called a nerve test yesterday because trying to figure out why my right foot just goes completely numb. So what they did, they hooked up electrodes to my muscles, to certain muscles. He knew which muscles they were. And then they did electric shock and they wanted to see what the output was. And when they did that shock, you know, if the muscle was alive and functioning right, you would see a contraction either in the toe or the leg or whatever. That's the irritability or conductivity they're talking about. And then they, then they did a second test where they stuck needles in like um, acupuncture needles to, do, to see if, the, if there was any electricity or any um, conductivity in that muscle. Once again, yes, there was. So see, that's the irritability. That was the shock to see if that muscle would contract. And then the conductivity to see if those muscles produce electricity. Because believe it or not, your muscles actually produce small amounts of electricity. So this is, is saying here that the father is the stimulus or the impulse. He is pure spirit and essence. So how beautiful that relates to your muscles and what they do. Then it went down to the second Second one, which is extensibility or elasticity, the ability to be stretched and to, to resume an original length after stretching. Talked about Yahweh, the Father, coming down into incorporeal, super incorporeal state and to corporeal state. That's his stretching. That's him coming down or being in one place at the same time. Yahweh Yahweh can, excuse me, be in all places at the same time. And guess what? Not lose any power in either state, even though he's in three states at the same time, like that water, right? That water is just, that example is just beautiful to me. Then you go to contractility. You, con you contract, you shorten, you gather together. So when you think about when someone's in the weight room and they're lifting those weights, the, the power comes in lifting that weight 
or contracting that muscle, not in letting it go. So oftentimes you'll see, and if you really have uh, um, been into the gym or know about working out, you know that when you lift a weight to get the benefit of it, you don't just drop it. You actually slowly lower it down. That is what builds up your strength. You slowly lower it, bring it up, then you slowly lower it down. That's the contractility, because if you just drop it, that's just the muscle letting go. What you're trying to do, you're trying to build it up. So you're slowly going up and down. You're using that weight as a contrast and that, that contrast is building that strength. That's why we rely on Yahshua. That's why we have to be slow and to speak things. And there's a scripture that says you study to be quiet. Remember Dr. Brazil about that. I thought that was so funny. You study to be quiet. So the more you learn about Yahshua, the more patience you get. So you, you can deal with those things, that weight that is on you. You're slowly letting it go. You're not just dropping it. You're slowly letting it go because it's Yahshua in you that's doing that for you. So pick up that scripture, um, reader. I don't know whose turn it is. Isaiah 40, 10 through 26. You wanna go ahead, Mr. Coleman? Go ahead, Paula. Okay. Um, that is Isaiah 40 mm -hmm. and 10. Mm -hmm. Behold, Yahweh Elohim will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? And made it out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. Who have directed the spirit of Yahweh or bring his counselor have taught him or being his counselor, excuse me, have taught him with whom took his, oh, excuse me, whom with whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing and Labion is not sufficient to burn nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are accounted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will ye liken Elohim, or what likeness will ye compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spreadeth it over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Have ye, 
had it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the, of the earth? It is he that sits upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretches, stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their flocks shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by names, by the, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why saith thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from Yahweh, and my judgment is passed over my Elohim? Has thou not known, has, not, has thou not heard that the everlasting Elohim, Yahweh, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength, even the use shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon Yahweh shall renew their strength. Mm -hmm. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Mm -hmm. That is so pretty. So when you think about that, that is that involuntary muscle or that cardiac muscle. Remember, we talked about how it does not fatigue. It does not get weary. It just keeps going and going like the Energizer Bunny. That's Yahshua. He, because we give him our burdens, we give him our sorrows, he can take them. He can take all of that. He in exchange tells us to take his burden upon us, his yoke rather, upon him because his, 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 his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So because he has the strength and the power to endure those things, we give them to him and we trust and believe that he will take care of them for us. That's what's so pretty about that. So see, now we have, she has, you know, with spirit is pure spirit, that's Yahweh. And form, that's in corporeal shape and form, that's Yahweh Elohim. And then the material, the physical material, that's Yahshua the Messiah. And we'll get one more scripture, Dr. Coleman, if you can get Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. And then I'll uh, be done. If he, okay. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 1, 3. Mm -hmm. I just had it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Ephesians 1 and 3. Mm -hmm. Blessed be Yahweh, the Father of our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, 
-hmm. who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in the Messiah, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Yahshua the Messiah to himself, mm -hmm. according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, and whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, mm -hmm. wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, mm -hmm. which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensations of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in the Messiah, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Mm -hmm. That is so pretty. So it, that started out with talking about us being predestined. This is, that's why for me, this, this is so humbling because there was nothing I have done, am doing, or could do to deserve what Yahweh has given me. That's why it's such a pleasure and an honor, and it's a labor of love to talk to the brethren about this gospel, to talk to people that have never heard it about this gospel, because I know what it's done for me. I know that it gives me my uprightness. I know that it allows me to keep going. I know that it allows me to see the spiritual aspects of all these things that are going on in the world. And I know that because it's Yahshua the Messiah in me that is doing those things. No credit to Felicia, but I'm grateful to Yahweh for choosing me from the foundation of the world to know the things that I know. And it, it, it really is such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing when Yahweh allows you to really and truly see or use that muscle to open your eyes to see the beauty of this gospel and that science and religion, quote unquote, do in fact, mix. And so um, I thought I would be able to finish this next section, but I'm a little bit out of steam. So next time, which is two weeks from today, we're going to cover section C of this uh, pamphlet, which is the crucifixion portrayed in the thoracic bones. And we know that when you look at this, you see that cross and each one of us carries that on us, which represents Yahshua being crucified for us and that we, there's nothing that we need to do because he in fact um, finished it all for us. And with that, I will say hallelujah and thank you very much. And uh, for our next speaker, and I do apologize because I do realize he spoke on Tuesday, but I would like to have um, Dr. Terry Welch from our Lansing branch speak on um, if Yahweh has given him any, anything that he's shown about that, the muscles in the human body. Dr. Welch. Well, good evening. Thank good evening, you. Sir. Yes, that was very good. Uh, going into things about the muscles. Um, the uh, physical body, of course, as you know, uh, is a manifestation of the 
tabernacle pattern and and that of course is a manifestation of the archetype or the original pattern of the universe Yahweh Elohim himself and so you can take the physical things in order to understand the spiritual um, I don't think of any great revelations that are not already recorded there in the textbook and documentation about the muscles. Um, uh, I do remember that there are considered three classes of muscles, uh, smooth, striated, and cardiac. And that the cardiac muscle, uh, you know, appears striated, but it operates uh, more similar to a smooth muscle in the sense that a lot of striated muscles are what they call voluntary muscles. And the cardiac muscles are uh, generally speaking controlled without us exerting any voluntary will or intent. And um, so anyway, the threefoldness is there. That's the main thing. Um, there's a lot of threefoldness. Uh, every muscle, of course, has three points. Uh, I've forgotten the exact terminology, but you'll have two ends in the middle. <laughs> That's not the technical terms, but the, the two ends have to attach to something. And then the belly of the muscle, the middle, uh, of course, is there. And when it contracts, it pulls the two together. And I think the, uh, you know, all this was already mentioned in there, but the fact that it contracts instead of pushing also um, shows that Yahweh is able to pull together to, to make them one. Uh, that's a contract, as people would call it. But anyway, uh, there's so much in this physical world that really shows us about the spiritual things. And um, the muscles of the physical body, of course, are an example of that. Uh, and I really don't feel like I have a whole lot else to say. I could repeat some things as I recall them here. Um, but I'm sure there are others. And uh, the, the one thing I do want to mention is that we have such wonderful resources now uh, that are in writing and that are audio. And I think it's just wonderful to be able to take advantage of them, especially those things that show us exactly how the founder, Dr. Kinley, taught. And for us to then use those to check ourselves. Um, there are a whole lot of thoughts and ideas that will understandably come to a person's mind as you study, as you listen, as you read, as you think and consider the things uh, of the spirit. And it's really good to be able to uh, what, what is the word? Um, well, we would generally call check them out. In other words, 
to fact check these things. And I noticed that, uh, for example, Mariah the other night was talking about some things, thinking about some things as she was hearing them and uh, being able to go right online and do some fact checking in order to see what Dr. Kinley taught. You know, is there a record of Dr. Kinley uh, using those kinds of expressions and words there? And if he did, then how did he go about and use them? So, you know, it's really important for us to do this in order to make sure that we don't go astray um, inadvertently. Um, so I'll just kind of leave it at that. It's good that we fact check. It's good that we use the resources that we have. Um, one thing we don't need to do is to try to pontificate. In other words, just to talk uh, and come up with something uh, from our own mind, especially when there's all these great resources available. And if we uh, uh, study, uh, you know, <laughs> some people think studying is not really a good idea. Well, studying is very important, especially if you use the study in the correct way and for the correct purpose. You know, um, when Yahshua spoke to the rulers of Israel in John the fifth chapter, I think you're all familiar with this. Uh, basically, they studied, but they, and they were very, very extremely prodigious, successful at their study and at their recall. Uh, but they did it in a completely misdirected way. In other words, they did it with the wrong motive. So they ended up with a completely the wrong result and not only deceived others, but deceived themselves in the process. They deceived themselves into thinking that they were right. And uh, that can happen today. So we need to be aware that with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit teaches us, and that means we don't already know everything. We will not know everything while we are in these physical bodies because we're going to be learning of Yahweh in ages to come. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, I guarantee you nobody knows it all now. Uh, that should bring a little bit of humility to our minds, and I hope a little bit of dedication to uh, learning and knowing the truth and then to using what we learn to help someone else to find and know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. Um, so uh, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I hope that's of some encouragement and direction. And thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to have anything to say about Yahshua. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Welsh. And for our uh, final speaker of the evening, we're happy to call on Dr. Dorian Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Well, good evening, class, and I've enjoyed class uh, tremendously. I personally enjoy going through these things. As Dr. Welsh said, the resources that we have are amazing, and I've personally been asking Yahweh to make me take advantage of them. And uh, really, everything 
Dr. Welch just said, because uh, it's easy to, uh, as he said, try to pontificate or come up with something new. And it reminds me of that scripture that Dr. Uh, that uh, Paul talked about, you know, that those, uh, I don't know where they, the people in Rome or Greece, wherever they were, but they just spent all their time trying to hear something new or tell something new. And Yahweh has laid it all out in front of us right here. So we've been going through this pamphlet titled uh, Science and Image of the Creator because there's this uh, misunderstanding in the world that uh, science and religion, if you will, don't, don't mix. But Yahweh, uh, through Dr. Kinley and the vision he gave Dr. Kinley, explained that, and it's really the, it makes so much sense when you stop and think about it. If God, and I've said this to my Christian friends, if God created the entire universe, it would stand the reason that he knows a little something about, say, physics or biology, you understand, or, you know, the, the way these things work. But people don't really want to uh, get into that. First and foremost, I think, because it's, it requires a little thinking on our part. Like, you know, going through these things and, and all these Latin words and, you know, and most of us are not uh, versed in our anatomy and physiology. Not like that. I mean, you know, Dr. Kinley, uh, in one of his lectures, said this question, like, you don't even know where your, uh, some organ, he was like, your spleen is. <laughs> you don't even know where that, like, really, can you? How many of us can quote right now which side of our body our spleen is on? So we're not that versed in it. But as, uh, like Dr. Dr. Terry Welsh just said, if as we begin to study these things, and I want to make another, uh, I want to say this too, this is not so we can become so smart in uh, anatomy or in, um, you know, physics or anything like that. All you're trying to see is that enough, and, and to your own satisfaction, that you can say, okay, Yahweh does exist. Yahweh gave Henry Cooper Kinley a vision. And as Dr. Kinley said in that lecture we listened to Tuesday, that he has to agree with what's in the Bible. So that's why you got to know what's in the Bible. So once you, you see enough that meets your requirements for your satisfaction, then that's it. You don't have to be, you understand? Some people will go in depth, like Dr. Welsh, Dr. A.U. or Dr. Die, you know, and others. Some people, that they don't need that much, you know, you, but this will give you the confidence that Yahweh does exist. So going through these things, I really don't have much, to, you know, I don't think we have much time to really get into anything in particular, but just going into these detailed things that Yahweh revealed and gave Dr. June Gill to go through, these things are amazing. And uh, let me, it was one section I was looking at that I, uh, what did he say? You already went through it, Felicia, but. Okay. Uh, let me see. And then Terry uh, actually clarified what Yahweh had told me in my head, and uh, it was like confirmation. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, it's about the heart. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. The type of muscle in the heart. Mm -hmm. And so that it has these two characteristics, like, oh, or it has characteristics of both striated and non striated. You understand? Which, uh, it's like having the characteristics or being that intermediate between pure spirit and Yahshua in a physical body. Because remember that Yahshua is Yahweh Elohim manifested in a physical body or manifest, you understand, manifested towards us. So it's the same one. So it stands the reason that he would have that 
it was a word you used, Terry. I can't remember it now. What did you call it? Uh, not duality. What did you say? Uh, not sure what you're uh, you, you were talking to the heart. Mu- <laughs> you were talking about the heart muscle. You said there's that. Uh, uh, I can't think of the word. Oh, it's, 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 it's both striated or striped. Right. Right. And it functions more like the involuntary or smooth muscle. Right. And part of the reason for that is uh, that the heart, of course, represents Yahshua. And he was uh, with his stripes. We were healed. Okay. Uh, so he bears those stripes. But uh, the smooth muscle and a heart muscle is generally not operated by man's voluntary control in other words it's under the higher control of the body's systems that are there for the very purpose of maintaining life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there was a particular word you used that it was uh, i think it was about the manifestation no it was like basically meaning that it has these two care it's this intermediate between spirit and physical it was a particular word you i'll listen to the recording were you looking for duality it was similar to that i don't think it was duality though but yeah that's that's basically what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so how it has both those characteristics or and that's what yahweh i mean dr kenley yahweh revealed through dr kenley is yeah. about the nature of yahweh and then i mean like uh felicia said it she's like just going when we go through like h2o talking about the supernal nature of yahweh it gives me chills a lot of times. And many times that I've heard it and gone through it, it gives me chills because we are literally able to know something about the nature of the creator. And no one else in the world who, who hasn't come to these schools knows about that. That's amazing to me. Yahweh's nature being uh, this three-in-oneness, this threefoldness, you understand? His ability to move or change his state and so he put those witnesses like like we just went through in our body you have the abstract state of yahweh and pure spirit the intermediate state and yahweh in shape and form or elohim the concrete or physical form or yahshua in, in a physical body and manifested as the holy spirit and these things are witnessed to in our physical body and so uh i don't want to i don't want to read this whole thing over under our time is up but that's what she's going through when she talks about uh, the basic characteristic functions of muscle you understand you got um where is she i don't want to read i think i want i think i want number three contractility contract shorten gather together did not yahshua through the purpose and plan of yahweh come down to gather all things in the heavenly creation and all things in earthly creation back into the body to be delivered unto to the father. In other words, spirit to form to material, back to form, then to spirit. <laughs> so mm-hmm. spirit, pure uh, spirit equals pure spirit, Yahweh, form equals incorporeal shape and form, Yahweh Elohim, and material, mm-hmm. physical or material, Yahshua the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so this I know this is, these are things most of us have heard, you know, the supernal nature of Yahweh. We go through the H2O all the time. But these are witnesses. And so now you got another witness in our own bodies to the 
uh, supernal nature of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And these are things that can't be denied. Now, people can say all day, well, I don't think, and which I've heard people say, I know many of us have, I just don't think God is that, they think it's too deep, it's too specific, you know. But again, my question is, if he created all of it, wouldn't you think he knows how it works? Or he, you understand this, your argument don't make sense to me, you know. If he created it all, but he just said exist, and it exists, and it came into being. But that's really what people think, though. You know, you hear, you look at all the myths, and I'm done. I know our time is up. But you look at all the myths and, and myth mythology. God's created these beings and lost control of them. They didn't know what they were going right. to do. They didn't. That's how man thinks. You know, we have our kids, and then we don't know. Them kids might turn out to be crazy and start. You know, Yahweh is not so with Yahweh. Yahweh, as Doctor Kenley said many times, is in direct control of everything that happens in this universe. So then. We say, well, you mean to tell me God is he, he allows all this chaos and all these travesties in the world? The reason it is a uh it's off to us, we don't understand that is because our under our concepts of Yahweh are incorrect. And mm -hmm. so that's why we come to these schools to have them corrected, to learn the proper way, to, to learn what Yahweh said himself about himself. And so uh, that's all I got. I hope that uh I, this is what I'll say too. I do want to say this. Uh, keep for all of us. Like I said, this can be tedious going through, through these things. I know some people like them, some people don't, and that's fine. But what I say, what, what Yahweh helped me with this was studying and trying to get into some of these things. First of all, relax. <laughs> You're not. You don't have to become some great esoteric thinker on, on these things. Ask Yahweh to give you the revelation. Ask Him to make you be able to understand what you read. You know, and really what it is, is you putting the effort into trying to understand Yahweh. Yahweh will, will reward you for that. So you may start with, let's say, what we're going through now. And maybe that's not really your thing. Yahweh will lead you in another direction to where he wants you to go. Something that he's going to, you get what I'm saying? Yes. He'll lead you. You'll start reading somewhere. And then next thing you know, you went down this rabbit hole, <laughs> you know. But it's, it's being obedient and trusting that Yahweh said he'll give you the revelation. You just go. Don't try to understand. I mean, I try to understand the words that you're reading. That's what I had to learn reading the textbook because I used to be afraid of the textbook. Try to comprehend what they're putting forth, but don't try to get the spiritual essence of it. Don't worry. Yahweh gives that. <laughs> you know, you just want to get the dots. Yahweh will connect the dots for you. And so when you do that, just relax. Don't try to, <laughs> don't make it all deep and esoteric and hard and just study and trust that Yahweh will give you the revelation he will. Mm -hmm. So hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. And that brings the scripture to mind. Paul planteth, Apollo is waters, but Yahweh giveth the increase. And I thank Yahweh through you for saying that because when I'm reading these sections, I, I, I go through and I read. I don't try to understand it. I just go through and read it. And then Yahweh has me go through a second time get the scriptures, get pictures, and try to understand. There was a point in time where I would try to pull out the spiritual significance of everything. I got to know this now. And what Yahweh showed me is exactly what Dr. Lewis just said. Just study it. Get, just get the context of what's being said, and I'll take care of the rest. And he does it every single time. I used to have pages and pages of notes of stuff that I needed to say, points I needed to bring out. And Yahweh always would have me not even 
finding, not being able to find the notebook at the time that I need it. And it's Yahweh that does the speaking. It's Yahweh that gives the increase. So it's that faith and confidence in Yahweh and knowing that he is the all in all and he does what he says he's going to do. That faith and confidence is what lets me, what leads me to study these things and to have pleasure in studying them. Like Dr. Lewis said, this is my thing. I love medicine. I love science. I just love it. That may not be your thing. That's okay. Ask Yahweh to give you the things that you that are, are special to you and show you how he operates within that as well. So that does bring a conclusion to our Science Thursday class. And yes, Dr. Lewis, you did rename it and that's what we're calling it now. <laughs> it's our Science Thursdays, I appreciate it, which is relative to the green chart. And we wanna thank everyone for coming out to visit with us. Our next green chart or Science Thursday class will be the, I think it's the, uh, the 3rd of February, wow. That's amazing. Will be the 3rd of February. So I want to once again thank all our visiting brother brethren for coming out to visit with us. I want to thank our scripture readers, our prayer, and our, our scripture lesson readers. Thank you very much. And now let us all give, I'm sorry, before I say that, we hold our classes here every Tuesday and Thursday from 6:30 p.m. to 8:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on Sundays from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And let us all bow in our hearts and minds and give a moment of reverence and prayer to Yahshua the Messiah through the doxology. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, before all time now and forever, let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah.